Hello and welcome to Split the Screen episode one more than last time. I am your host, Biggest Bennis, and I am joined once again by the one, the only, Ed Knights with an N. Hello. Um, clearly yeah. you've learned to count this week. <laughs> I have. One day I'll remember. Yeah, I don't know. What, are we 16 now or something like that? I no. think it's about, about, about 16. Good. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I can't count this high. I'm it's a gay. I don't do maths. <laughs> maths? Who is she? Yeah, no, I don't know. Okay. Let me... I am actually going to find out because, you know, this is going to bug me. And uh, so, um, Ed, how has your week been while I find out what number this is? <laughs> it's It's been a week. Um, it's been busy. I'm quite tired, but I've got myself a tea and I'm Ooh, looking forward to some gaming chats followed by Drag Race UK this evening. So hopefully it's going to be a good evening and a nice team, relaxing one. Team Bimini. Team Bimini all the way. Even even though Tace is your ex? Okay, no. <laughs> I met Tace in a club once <laughs> and okay. we spoke. <laughs> right. That <is> all. <laughs> um, no, I've, I enjoyed Tace at the start, but I feel like Bimini is really grown in the competition so i think it's uh i think it's bimini's to lose yeah 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 bimini is just on a different level i yeah. think taste is good taste make good tv i'm i feel like taste knows what makes good tv and has been playing up a fair bit to the tv oh, yes. cameras oh yes uh, which you know is totally fine i like lawrence cheney as well i hope lawrence has a good final episode but and I was a big fan of them for the majority. It's weird saying she when it's Lawrence Cheney with a name like Lawrence. True. And I, I, I just, is that his like not his, you know, non-drag name as well? He's just gone, you know what? I I think I'm so. the same person and in drag is also, Tace is also his real name. Really? So he's basically, yeah, he said, you know, him in drag is just himself in a dress. Yeah. Um, and then there's like a fourth finalist that I don't remember. No. Oh, well, um, I think Bimini Bamboulash, I think that is actually um, their name as well. From the Bamboulashes, you know, the very famous uh, family in Essex. I can't tell if you're taking the piss or not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the piss. I don't think that their name, their real name is Bimini Bamboulash. <laughs> well, then I was thinking, is is Boulash the surname? Is there something? Yeah, Boulash. <laughs> Sounds like something you'd order <laughs> for, for dinner. Oh yeah, goulash. Oh. Nice beef goulash. Oof. Don't know why that sounds wrong, but it does. Uh, but yeah, this is episode sixteen of Split the Screen. There we go. And we. This is the first one that I'm not. So we're just getting. Ed didn't slurp then. Oh. But you wouldn't have been able to see that because we are not recording it. We're not streaming it. This is exclusive to Spotify, uh, iTunes podcast music, and um, RSS feeds around the world. And why so, is that, Ben? Uh, because this week I've decided to just pack it all in. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I'm being done. a lazy bastard this week. <laughs> yeah, I've just given up on streaming, given up on it all. I'm just, yeah, that's it. It's been, it's been a fun journey. I'm off. The moment now I'm, we've all been waiting for. It's the opposite, I'm afraid, Ed, because <laughs> on Saturday I will be streaming day one of 100 days of stream. I'm going to be streaming 100 days in a row. And I was like, you know what? I've not had more than three days off in a row since 2019 so i gave myself monday to friday off we were i was even tempted to kind of stream this because i was like well we didn't like christmas eve and new year's eve i streamed the podcast i can't just do it because i've got like a week off but you know i was like okay i will record it um we'll still we'll never miss a week with a podcast um even if one of us is sick we can maybe 
you know, substitute somebody in. Well, um, we'll see about who, that. <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting question. Who would be your Who would be your ideal substitute for me, Ed? For you? Oh, mm. anyone? <laughs> no, you meant to say. <laughs> oh, I would just. You'd you'd be fine just talking on your own, Ed, for an hour. <laughs> just talk to myself. Yeah, just a monologue. Um, <laughs> but no, I've just. I've been, I've uh, really enjoyed it. I've not really done anything. I'm, I'm just looking around, going, oh, "Yep, still the shit tip." It was on Monday. I need to. Cause that was my one of my things. Was like, I'm going to tidy up and clean absolutely everything in here, so that well, I can. I've actually done is sit on the sofa a week. I have watching loads of shit. <laughs> like I've just been watching stuff that I don't like. For some reason, I'm halfway through season one of The Crown again, and I'm not sure why. Oh, I just, okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good, good program. Um, I need to catch up on that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just been, like, what else have I been? I've just been watching shit. And also tomorrow, Drive to Survive Season 3 is coming out. So I've been enjoying that. And I've never heard of that. It's, uh, yeah, I, I know I want why. to, if I'm honest. No. It's <laughs> a behind-the-scenes look at Formula One seasons. But it's Got really, it. even, can it, even Dave likes it. So that's all I'm saying is if Dave likes something that's sportsy, it must be good. And there's quite a lot of people who are kind of new fans of Formula One after watching that on Netflix because it's all like the behind the scenes and like the drama and stuff that goes on, which is, uh, it's really exciting. Drama in inverted all commas. The drama. Oh, there's drama. Lots of drama, lots of bitching. Interesting. Well, why um, don't you tell us, Ben, what gaming wise has been splitting oh. your time this week? Well, nothing really. Um, I've not really... Well, I haven't played anything new. Although today I did download a demo about an hour ago um, of Outriders. But, like, apart from apart from that, like, there's no new things that are kind of on my horizon. So I've just been dicking around in Final Fantasy fourteen. Very nice. Which is, we do uh, like oh, dicking did, around. I do, yeah. We're all I, for that here on Split the Screen. <laughs> dicking around, then in. And then I've been uh, uh, for yeah Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> Got a tease. Got a tease. The whole we're, we're not on Twitch now. We, we can be we can be Phil. We can we can be Phil. It's not on Twitch. This we can talk about uh, teasing the whole. Can we not talk about that, please? <laughs> we are uncensored. This is now. not this what is... I signed up for. <laughs> well, um, yeah, so I've been playing Final Fantasy fourteen. It's just been um, well. I was playing a dungeon because I've, I'm a bard. I'm a level 80 and, you know, I've finished all the story content, all the patch stuff so far and um, top level bard. And I was just doing my um, like roulettes, which are kind of, you know, they'll, they'll pick a random dungeon for you to do and you'll be matched with some other people. Some of them will, might, might be doing it for the first time, um, but then you kind of like guide them through it. And then some person who who is using a mod to test his own DPS, like to, to test how good he was. Apparently that mod can also see what, how good other people are on the team. And he told me to go and read a book about how to be a bard. What a I know. twat. What a rude arsehole. A, that's against terms of service. You can't use that for, like, griefing other Privacy. people. Yeah, exactly. And also, um, the annoying thing is, like, I'm, yeah, end game now. And I'm like, you know, I should probably kind of look at a, a video, see what I'm missing, because I'm not really using any of these songs and stuff. Like, occasionally, I'll, because as a bard, you've got, obviously, shooting your arrow, and then you've got the songs that kind of give you buffs and various things. And I've never really looked into the songs that much, which is my fault. But I was like, okay, I should probably look at a, I should probably look at a video, you know, and try and learn how to do it and, and you know, do it properly, get this rotation right. 
And then he said that, and I was like, you know what? Fuck you, I'm not going to. Um, so I went and started a samurai. So switch class. How's that working out for you? I'm enjoying it. It's a lot more technical than a bard. But maybe that's because I wasn't really doing anything good with, as a bard. But I've Technical? Is that a good idea for you? It's, it's testing me. I'm at my limit. Um, <laughs> at the start, it was very confusing because you have to kind of, you've got three rotations and then these three rotations, you do each one of them that you do sets off like a, a shape where it's like moon or the sun or I don't know what the other one is, or snow, I think. But anyway, yeah, you do these three rotations and then once you've got these three symbols, by completing those three rotations, you can do a special move and that's, but then if you do two rotations, you've got a different special move. If you do one rotation, you've got a different special move. It is confusing, um, but I think I've slightly got the hang of it. But the problem is, like, every time I'm uh, playing this and uh, kind of learning, because I'm doing the rotation, I'm just like, okay, I'll do these dungeons, keep practicing this rotation. And as I'm doing that, I'm leveling up and it's giving me more moves. And then, so as I'm practicing my samurai i'm leveling it up i'm getting more moves and then it just it's so it's just adding to the complications every uh <laughs> every single time i'm practicing it, i keep practicing it and then they're like here have another move i'm like no no i'm still practicing the, the <laughs> one previous one so but uh, it's it is a lot more fun it makes me think a bit more i've died a few times because uh, i think i'm just getting because when you're a samurai you're very close to the enemy you're fighting so you're uh, really kind of and I'm there focusing so much on the, the moves. I don't see all these AOE attacks and I get squished. Now, but it's fun. I've only played as one uh, one class. So how does it work when you switch classes? Do you have to start again from the beginning? Yeah, well, it, it depends. Like A lot of them... So it's not like World of Warcraft where if you switch... Um, well, you have to have a brand new character and start afresh if you want to change job. Um, all you need to do is change the weapon or whatever. You can even have a tool... And then, uh, you know, for if you want to be a weaver or a fisher, etc. Mm -hmm. But yeah, when you do that, you often start from level one. Um, however, there are some that uh, are like came into uh, the game during the three expansions. And in those three, you start pretty much from the previous level. So like Heaven's Ward goes up to level 60, um, level 50 to 60. And anything, any job class that came in there, which I think is Dark Knight and Machinist, they are from level 50 so but the only problem is that, presumably yeah. you've done all the quests so is that why you have to do the leveling roulette in order to level up because otherwise you've run out of quests yeah 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 if you want to level up your secondary characters they give you a double xp boost and also if you rest as well um if you you know you leave, you go log out in a sanctuary you'll get extra xp but yeah you can level up and um usually with the leveling roulettes or there's some side quests and stuff that you can do but that's that's the majority of what people do and quite often you'll love, you'll just go and do the same dungeons again, um, especially if you're leveling up very low level, like from one. Uh, you'll go and do hunting logs or whatever to get to level 15. And then once you've hit 15, you can do your leveling roulette. But also if you are doing dungeons that are very close to the level that your character is, you'll probably go up a level in one or two dungeons easily. So what you're saying is that what I should have done is start the game as a healer. Because then I could have whipped through things quickly instead of waiting on dungeons, <clears throat> and then I could just level up a different character, uh, a different job, much quicker mm -hmm. later on, and actually continue with what I want to do. That yeah, would have you, been a I very mean, clever thing to do. Yeah, you, but you could still do that now because you're level fifty. You can get to level fifty. You can get to be a level fifty healer, probably in a week. 
I mean, I don't want to be a healer. I just no. want to get through the game quicker. <laughs> yeah, you just, oh, befriend a healer because yeah, that game does drag between the uh, the main the base game and the first expansion. Healers, wherever you are, hit me up. I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm samurai's DPS, so <laughs> I've got the long wait as well. <clears throat> Although I find recently the waiting time is a lot, lot better. Lot better, like five minutes for most. I mean, I'm waiting like twenty minutes, and if you're telling me that's better, <laughs> okay, God maybe it's twenty minutes. All. Okay, maybe it's twenty minutes for specific dungeons. Actually, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the roulettes is like five minutes. Yeah. What have you been? What has been splitting at your time, Ed? Um, I've been split many ways this week. Um, oh. <laughs> we're uh, there. You go. We are not on Twitch, so we're okay. Fine. Um, <laughs> A bit of Final Fantasy fourteen with you. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned last week that I had started Final Fantasy twelve, which I was oh, yeah. going to talk about this week, but I've got too many other games to talk about, so I'm not going to do that. But yes, I've been playing a bit of Final Fantasy twelve, getting back into that. Um, but the main game that I started last weekend that has completely grabbed me, like I didn't think it would, is Control, which I'm Ooh. playing on PS5, and it's genuinely one of the best games i've played in a long time and i didn't expect it to be um i feel like looking at it it just seems like quite a drab third person shooter that's kind of basic but when you play it there is so much more to it than that um which i didn't expect and i'm really enjoying um like at its core have you finished it or no i am i want to say maybe the fourth area i'm in the prison okay so I won't say any more just in case people haven't played it. And mm. I don't want it spoiled for me either. Uh, yeah. But I'm in the prison area. So I th- I'm guessing I'm like, I don't know, maybe halfway. Yeah. 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 Finished the, it, haven't you? I finished it. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, the first half I enjoyed. Second half I loved. Um, I've said it plenty of times before. It was like the performance let me down. But like, oh, I actually did lo- uh, download it on my PS5 and I played a bit at the beginning. But I remember standing in the reception area at the front i remember looking outside the door and seeing all the people walking around outside and for some reason i just couldn't bring myself to kind of going into the game and like going into the facility because i was like well i'm gonna see outside for a while guess i'm going in and uh i don't know i just it was it just seemed a bit daunting and a bit grim because she's she's always very upset and Oh, she's, really very she's very very i mean if you said that you loved the second half more than the first and i'm already loving it so yeah. hopefully we're in for a good time i can't wait for you to finish it and <clears throat> there are certain area there's certain things that happen kind of in the second half that i want to be like oh my god what did okay. you think of this well we'll discuss hopefully mm. i can finish it this weekend because it is quite short so hopefully i can whip yeah. through it and we can discuss next week maybe um you mentioned can you do the voice of the guy yet there's the what's the name of the man that, uh Moves the things around. Oh, and the, the... the Finnish janitor. Yeah. Oh, hello there. <laughs> I enjoy him. He's good. He's good fun. Mm. Um, yeah, you mentioned performance. There are, playing on PS5, there are two modes. There's performance mode and graphics mode. And performance mode is your beloved 60 FPS. Oh, you were the first one to say it. Well, there that's going to... I'm saying it for you now. Um, yeah. Someone's going to so lose some bets it's now. It's 60 FPS, which is very smooth. And you can definitely see the difference because graphics mode is only 30 fps and there is it's when you switch between them there's a very big difference um however the performance mode doesn't include certain graphical effects and a lot of the time it's probably thinking do i do i need graphical effects do they really add that much um surely i'd rather have a smoother frame rate 
But even at 30 FPS, it's very consistent, so it's very playable, even if it's not visibly as smooth. But it adds a lot of ray tracing in, which essentially means fancy lighting and reflections, which you're kind of thinking, really, does that add very much? But because it's in this, the game is set in this this sort of brutalist office facility, and it's sort of very grey and drab, but it's full of sort of polished surfaces, glass, reflections, uh, polished marble. And so when it, when you add the ray tracing in there, it genuinely adds a lot of depth to the graphics and a lot of just a little extra something that I think helps to bring it to life in what is otherwise quite, quite a drab looking game, as much as it is well done. So I'm actually playing through it in graphics mode because I think that that extra detail does help to bring it to life. And I'm not yeah. so fussed about 60 faps per second because oh. it's still pretty smooth as it is at 30. And I'm yeah, as long as it's not, then I'm fine. Yeah, as long as it's consistent. Yeah, because when I played it on PS4 Pro, I remember I said it before, like you wouldn't, there was a real pause, like a real long pause when you unpaused a game. Um, also, like I remember loading up the map and half of it was kind of just blank or it was just like a, had a black bar over it. Uh, which I've not seen in quite a while. In fact, the last time I remember that happening was The Witcher 3 on the base PS4. Mm. Every single time I went into that really busy city, Novigrad, I think it was, yeah. like the, my mini-map just went black. I was like, <laughs> okay, I guess, guess we're not loading up the uh, the map in here. See, so it, is, it was really struggling, but it seemed perfect. Fine. I've had yeah. no issues with the map. Loading is not like instant, but mm. it, you know pretty quick. I imagine it's probably slow originally. Um, but it's it's pretty quick here. It runs yeah. really well, so no problems at all playing this on PS5. And you've done a you've done quite a few uh, areas now, so you've done some bosses. What do you think of the difficulty? Um, I'm finding it quite easy, if I'm honest. Okay. Um, there have been a pro couple gamer. of bits that I've <laughs> pro gamer. Sorry about it. Yeah. Um, there have been a couple of bits that have been a little tricky, um, but in general, I haven't found it super difficult. Um, okay. I know you mentioned that there are some difficulty spikes, so we'll see what happens. Um, but it's not—it's not too bad. Punishing bits. It's a bit like Dark Souls in the fit, in the uh, way that kind of like <clears throat> sends you back if you die, sends you back quite far sometimes. Yeah, there were a couple of bits. Um, I'm trying to remember where it was, but I got sent back quite away, which was frustrating. Mm. Um, the checkpoints are quite far and it was really obvious there was going to be a checkpoint just after the point I was stuck on and I was like, I mm -hmm. just need to fight these bastards. Um, yep. But no, I am oh, can absolutely I say, loving it. It's so stylish as well. I just remembered like when you go into a new area and it just brings it up in the giant, in the bright white yeah, letters yeah. where you are. Oh, Because, yeah. you know, it feels it's like it's at its core a very straightforward third person shooter with some supernatural bits in it and it doesn't mm -hmm. seem like it's going to be that exciting. But I really like the structure of it, which is essentially a Metroid game. It reminds me mm -hmm. a lot of Metroid Fusion on the Game Boy, which is you going through a space station, going through different areas of the space station and gradually unlocking it. And this works in exactly the same way, but it's this weird facility with crazy mm -hmm. supernatural things going on. Um, Have you done any of the time-sensitive events? And it's like, you've got 20 minutes to go and yes. fight this. What do you find? Because I never did those. I just kind of was like, you know, fuck this. I want to go and play the, the main campaign. So in those bits, you've got a countdown to go and kill a certain number of enemies or kill a specific enemy that are often quite tricky. And mm. if you die, then you you sort of lose that mission. You can't go back to it. It's like yeah. you, you, it's like a one-off chance to do it, basically. But if you do do it, you get extra XP uh, that you can use to level up and whatever else. Um, mm. So they're definitely worth doing, I would say. Um okay. 
I just think maybe like, that's why I was dying a lot because I just didn't bother. Well, maybe. I mean, I, I, it's one of those games where I've just got so sucked into it that I want to do everything in it. So every mission, I'm like, yep, I'm going to do it. I, I'm just somewhat obsessed with it. So you know, maybe because of that reason, I've leveled up more than than maybe you did. But I just I love the atmosphere of it. It's so unsettling. Um, mm like i say it's, it's a simple third person shooter but it really thrives in its atmosphere it's almost a horror game with these sort of weird soundscapes yeah. of chattering and banging and gunshots and footsteps and all this stuff that just is so unsettling to play especially with mm. headphones um and it's so yeah. claustrophobic and intense in a way that makes me really want to keep like playing more and more of it as this facility like morphs around you like a labyrinth and confuses you and it's mm. just I don't know. I'm I'm so drawn into it. I'm loving it. Have you been to an area? Well, no. I'll we'll talk about it next next week. Yeah. No spoilers. No, spoilers. no there won't be any spoilers. There's, well, actually, there's an area that I went to quite early on, and was like, "What the hell? There's nothing here." And then, like and then later you'll come on, back to it. Yeah, exactly. Then you come back. Yeah. Well, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. But that's yeah. that's been my my main game. And then I've had a couple of smaller indie games to chat through. Yeah. One of which is called The Journey of the Broken Circle. And <laughs> it's still talking about uh, <laughs> tease the hole first. No break. <laughs> you don't want to break. Look, this is a very serious game. Okay. Um, it's... Oh no! Have I, am I going to be completely? Uh... <laughs> I don't want to say cancel, but am I going to be in trouble now for mocking this game? Well, I I enjoyed it. It was surprisingly touching. It is about a circle that is broken and goes on a journey. Um, <laughs> but the, the circle wow. is on a journey to basically find its missing piece. So it can be a complete circle because the circle is essentially like Pac-Man with a mouth. Um, and it's looking for something, I'm going to say it, to fill the mouth um, <laughs> in order to be complete. Um and it's essentially like a puzzle platformer game. You can complete it in a couple of hours. It's very short, but it's actually full of sort of existential angst and philosophy. And it's all about relationships. And it's this circle finding different things or different partners and realizing what brings them together and then what tears them apart. And it goes through this cycle of sort of pleasure and loneliness to sort of find itself along this journey. I want and to vomit, Ed. I want to vomit here. And this is, sounds so pretentious. I mean, it's a bit pretentious because it's all very minimalist oh. and abstract, it, like, mm. it, and it's making you feel for a shape. But I genuinely found it quite touching. Like, I whipped oh. through it in an afternoon and found it quite thought-provoking, despite the fact that it is literally just a circle jumping through environments. Um, it makes you think. Should we play Cooler World? Cooler World's good. Never played that. That's a circle. That's a beach ball rolling through environments. Okay. Interesting. Classic. Um, what else have you been playing? Another game that I've been playing um, is another indie game, which I think you will appreciate, called Littlewood. Ooh. And it is yet another life sim farming game. It's essentially Animal Crossing meets, uh, meets Stardew Valley. Uh, again, it's sort of pixel art. It's very cute, very charming. Um, the sort of twist is that it takes place at the end of an RPG. So where an RPG ends with you defeat the Dark Wizard um, and you then, you know, life goes back to normal. This is then starting at this point with an amnesiac hero who's defeated the evil wizard and now has to rebuild this RPG town. 
And so slowly more and more people arrive at the town and you have to go and collect resources. You have to explore forests and, and mining areas, um, caverns to collect resources, to like rebuild this town, to do farming. You can have relationships. You could be gay. Um, all Who these sorts of things. I bet you're dating Ash. How did you guess? <laughs> Just looking at them, I'm like, yeah, that I guarantee that Ed is dating Ash because Ash looks like Ed. Ash does not look like Ed. Well, it does with your hair right now, but people can't see that. My hair's a mess right now. Um, <laughs> no, Ash. Ash is. Uh, he he hangs out in the mines, and he's he's big and burly and strong. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's not like Ed, but he's. Yeah, it's definitely a coincidence. Like <laughs> um, oh. So yeah, you can have relationships. It's it's very Stardew Valley, um, basically, and you can sort of create this town and, and decorate it in a way that you would do with Animal Crossing, and you get a rating. I feel like it moves very quickly in the beginning to draw you in, and then it's sort of drifting a bit in the middle. But I can see lots of end game stuff. Like there's a museum to fill. There are all these different things to level up and and expand upon so i can see where it's aiming towards but it's starting to get a touch repetitive um but it's very charming there's a lot to like and i think there are so many of these sort of cozy farming life type games um mm -hmm. especially coming out this year and i think this is a genuinely really enjoyable one I've, I've been playing it pretty solidly the last few nights and having a great time with it um i'm i've mainly main maybe burning out a little quick on it um but then mm -hmm. that's my fault for playing too much of it Oh, I, I do not mind these games. Like, you know, people might think, oh, you're going to just get burnt out on these and you want to go and play something different. But like the fact that there are different games coming out, like I'm going to be this weekend playing a game called, uh, this is a great thing because I've totally forgotten what the name of it was. Um, it's called Professional Streamer, Fantastic everyone. game is called um, Roots of Pasha or Pacha. Pasha. Ah, yes. Uh, which is a kind of farming lifestyle sim, etc., which is a um, set in like kind of the uh, in prehistoric times. So that's going to be interesting, and that's in an alpha. Nice. But yeah, like, I like that. I found a niche, but you can, but there, there's like enough variety. But there are so many of these games coming out that yeah, you, there, you can get variety within the same sort of game, and yeah. uh, who knows which one will you know emerge superior? I think. Stardew is all is kind of the the one that everyone wants to uh, to be, but well, who knows? I'm looking forward to to Coral the Coral Island. Coral Island, yes, yes, mainly because everyone looks really hot, and I think everyone's horny, and they just want to date all the people. But it's got yeah. a really cool sort of Disney style to it, which I really like. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. Really looking forward to it. I'm. I'd also quite like one that has real life time. So like, like imagine, Animal Crossing. yeah, like Animal Crossing, but where you have to farm. I mean, there was there was farming in Animal Crossing uh, in a, a style like the pumpkins, for example. That you yeah, you got some pumpkins. If you watered them every day on the third day, uh, you, you know, you'd get or oh, maybe a little bit longer than the third day. I think you'd get three pumpkins. Um, and also with the like the trees, technically, and the flowers you can breed in that. I wish if they'd had like an Animal Crossing, but had a lot of kind of a farming sim version of it with real life time and maybe okay crops take i don't know a week to grow and then you can sell them for lots or you get some special currency in the game to buy other things great um but yeah i just think that would be that's one that i haven't seen yet maybe there is one out there 
I think that's something people like about Animal Crossing is that it's something you can dip in and out of each day yeah. because it's in real time. So it means mm -hmm. that, you know, a year later, there are still people playing it and haven't seen everything because they've been slowly working their way through it rather than thinking, mm -hmm. right, I'm going to whip through it in a week and then suddenly you've seen everything. Yeah. And that's what, but it would have to be very deep. Like, yeah, you can choose in, you go in and dip in and, you know, do water your crops or plant some stuff. But also you can spend like a whole day there. So you can go and, you know, chat to the people on your farm or you can go and visit other farms where the people have set up and it would need to have a lot more depth to it if it was going to be something that, yeah, you have to tune in every day. If you're going to dip in, it needs to be deep. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. If you want to go and dip in, water those crops. Should we what's split been, some headlines? Yeah, what's been splitting the headlines, uh, Ed? <laughs> Let's split some headlines. Um, we're going to talk a lot about free games, which is something that we love free to see. Games. Free games. Which free games are we talking about? Well, I like two games, or I don't <laughs> like one game. We're going to have free games. Free games. Uh, free games on PlayStation with Sony's Play at Home. Um, so it's something that they started last year. Um, with Uncharted, the Uncharted Collection and Journey were available for free. Mm. And last month they made Ratchet and Clank available for free. Great um, game. Great game. Very great game. Um, they are now adding uh, another 10 games uh, yeah. next month. Well, the 10th comes uh, a bit later. Um, Do you want to read them out and I'll tell you how great they all are? Yes. So from the 25th of March, the mm -hmm. following are going to be available for free on PlayStation. Abzu. I've not played Abzu. Neither have I. I'm excited to. I've heard good things. Yeah, I will play that, actually. Yeah. Enter the Gungeon. I don't think it's my kind of game. No. Uh, Res Infinite, which I definitely want to play. Res Infinite is probably one of the best VR games. And it is not just in VR, but it is a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal game. And you need to play it, especially Area X. Because apparently... I don't know if you've... This is obviously the remaster version of res yes um, it's not vr because this is a, a mix it's a mixture of indie and vr games but this one yeah. isn't listed as vr but oh yeah you, you can play it in vr yeah there's no non-vr version for uh, playstation but yeah you you can play that and it's great in vr i mean even dave who doesn't like video games was obsessed and like he's finished it i haven't finished it like i loved it and stuff but i'd never finished it he actually finished it but there's also an area there's like a separate mode called area x which is like a it's more like an open world res. So you're not like going through just a tunnel. Um, Interesting. You kind of can go around places and it's like with really fresh and, and stunning graphics and everything's kind of um, like cyberpunk. Well, not cyberpunk style, but just really like neon. And instead of things blowing up with six pieces coming out of it, there's a thousand pieces that come yeah. out of things that explode. So it's like really high res, high res uh, version. And apparently there's going to be a uh, a version of a game similar to that that's currently being worked on. Very nice. So I'm very excited about so, that. So, play Res Infinite then. Please um, do. Are also, you going to play it? I will play it, for sure. Good. Uh, there's also Subnautica, which I know a lot of people have been playing recently on uh, I want to play streams. that. I really want to play that. Mm. Uh, there is The Witness, which I bounced off within seconds because it was oh, yeah. just <laughs> mathsy counting puzzles with dots. And after about two puzzles, I thought, no, this isn't for me. I hate, I really hated that game. Yeah. <laughs> like, it made me feel stupid. And uh, yeah. 
And then VR games, there is Astrobot Rescue Mission. Um, okay, that's the best VR game ever made. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no, no, <laughs> so that's it, a good one. It, it is really, 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 really good. Yeah. There is Moss. They played the demo, said it was good. A little mouse. Yeah. Uh, Thumper, which I think you've mentioned before. You know, you were talking about control being like kind of kind of rhythm and like you hear these bangs and stuff and it's stunning and yeah that's it's a rhythm horror game is thumper yeah. and you should definitely play it yeah. i played a bit on the switch actually as well and it was weird playing on the switch but um, you want to be completely immersed and then paper beast is the other vr one oh. and then the 10th game which is coming slightly later on the 19th of april is horizon zero dawn which I what? feel like most people have played, but if you haven't played it, now now is the time to do it because it's completely free. Or wait for it to be 60 FPS. Or that. But There's here it is upgrade. available for free. <laughs> There's surely going to be an upgrade for that. There must be. There must mm. be. But yes, so 10, 10 new free games, which is great. Um, and like PlayStation that. also announced some new indie games coming um, in, in, a, in a PlayStation blog. Of which the most interesting, uh, Disco Elysium, is coming in Final Cut form, um, mm. which I feel like I'd rather play on PC, but it's coming to, to uh, PlayStation, which is going to be good. Yeah, no, I definitely want to play it on PlayStation rather than PC. It's I played a bit on PC, and it's something that you want to sit back, because now the director's cut's going to have everything voiced, so you can actually sit back. And it's just, it's going around clicking on things and going through dialogue, and it's, it's that. A lot of that. So you, you want to be kind of comfortable playing that game. Yeah, see, I'd rather be in a PC where I can use the mouse to control it. It looks like a mousy, controly game to me. Okay. But we'll see. No, I um, can't. There's also a game called Chicory, A Colourful Tale, which is about a dog with a magic paintbrush who can paint the world in a really cute sort of cartoony style, which looks very good. Mm. And then there's another game called Noah or Nawa, uh, Play With Your Food, which is basically oh. a music game about food. So you've got a table with different sort of foodstuffs and it all moves in rhythm and you create music out of it, which is basically all of my favorite things in one, music and food and video games. Mm. So I'm very excited to play that. Perfect. Um, so there's that. And then in other sort of free game news, um, there are new games coming to Game Pass, both on PC and console. Um, so that includes games like Undertale, includes Yakuza 6, Star Wars Squadrons, mm. um, Near Automata, or Automata, however you Which want to is pronounce a, it. Automata, apparently. But apparently Automata. that's like a better version than the PC. Well, I know it's better than the PC version because that one's So shit, it's but. coming to PC, but it is a refreshed version rather than the Steam version. And the Steam version, I think, had some problems. And this is a newer version that's better on Game Pass. Yeah, the, the Steam version was released and then they said, okay, that's it. Yep. <laughs> and they've not patched it at all. But the most interesting addition, I think, is Octopath Traveler, which I thought was a Switch exclusive, and apparently it's already on PC, and now yeah. it's available on Xbox and PC on Game Pass, um, which is um, Square Enix uh, RPG, which looks brilliant. I, I'm yet to play it, and I've been wanting to. So now that it's on Game Pass, I've mm -hmm. finally got the opportunity to. Yeah, it's really good. So that's all very exciting. Uh, more PlayStation news. They've had a lot of announcements this week. Mm. Um, they have now unveiled their new PlayStation VR controllers, um, which are coming for the new next-gen VR system that will be on PlayStation 5. 
Um, we don't know too many details yet about the system, apart from it's on PS5, it's got single cord setup, it's going to have better graphics, as you'd expect. And now they've announced these new controllers, which look suspiciously like the Oculus ones, that they sort of wrap around your hands. It's like this weird orb design. Mm. Um, but they're incorporating a lot of the DualSense um, properties. So it's got uh, haptic feedback and the, the adaptive triggers and things like that. So it's essentially a PS5 controller, but split in two, split, hey, uh, yeah. with the sort of orb thing around your, your hands. So That's exactly the same controller pretty much as all the others. So, yeah, and exactly. which makes it very interesting because that means when a game, or like when a developer makes a game, they're getting pretty much like the same, uh, the same um, controllers. Yeah. So you don't need to kind of remap it for the PlayStation controller that use the move sticks, or you don't need to kind of change it for whichever one like they're all becoming kind of a standardized uh, controller. Yep. So that'll help. Exactly. So that's very nice. Can't wait for PS2 VR or PSVR 2, whatever yeah, it's called. Exactly. Um, a quick bit of Nintendo news. Uh, the Nintendo World theme park is now open officially in Japan. Unfortunately, they're not allowing foreign visitors. So unless you're in Japan already, you can't go. Mm. Um, but it looks pretty awesome. There are some great reviews around of the park. Um, and they're already talking about expansions. And people who have been have noticed a doorway that looks suspiciously like Donkey Kong uh, or a sort of Donkey Kong themed archway. So people think that the next world is going to be a Donkey Kong world, which I think might have been touched on previously. Um, but it looks like that could be the next one. I guess that's that's years away yet. Um, there's still, you know, the, the, the US parks are still years away as well. So it's going to be a long time before anyone, at least hmm. in the UK, can uh, can actually visit any of these parks. But um, if I you're lucky enough to be in Japan, then you can come and visit. I watched the like the walk around, and it was like, oh, if you look at these things, and then you hit it with your little bracelet, uh, it'll have a go at this game, and then you unlock something. And I was just thinking, oh my god, there's going to be thousands of people there. You're going to be queuing for every little tiny interaction. I can just tell. Yes. Yeah, you get a wristband and it allows you to interact with loads of different things around the world. Um, so it's sort of like it's a real life video game and that there's all these little secrets and Easter eggs to uncover, which sounds really cool. Um, but yes, you're going to see people queuing just to like hit a block. Um, yeah. And I think there are mini games um, that, that you essentially play and it connects to the app and then you get a score in your app. Um, and you can choose which character wristband you want, so Mario, Luigi, Toad, etc. Um, and collectively, all the people who have that wristband, their points go up, and it's like a sort of team-based thing uh, of everyone mm. playing the park, so to speak. Um, so there's lots of different things to interact with, but yes, there's going to be a lot of queuing. Um, and also, it's like a COVID nightmare of people touching everything. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> so it's, may maybe uh, wait a while. Mm. I'll watch other people do it. Yeah. I'll hold fine. the coats. Um, in more free game news, um, tell me oh. why the first uh, episode is now available for free. Um, now, the whole game is up on Game Pass. So if you've got Game Pass, you've already got it. But if you don't, then you can now basically play the first episode for free and then buy the next two episodes afterwards if you like it. So it there's no on game excuses Pass. not to play it now. It'll be interesting to see if, uh, spoiler alert, life is the new Life is Strange comes directly to game pass as well because yeah tell me why i was direct i played i remember i actually pre-ordered it on steam and then they were like it's gonna be on game pass so i cancelled it and just played it on there <laughs> very nice yeah um and last very quick bit money. of news 
um, as it's Drag Race UK tonight, there is a Drag Race video game coming uh, later this year, yeah. which is really? a free-to-play mobile game, which means it's going to be absolute shite. Um, oh. But it basically means you can be in Drag Race and do whatever in a crappy mobile game. But if you're Did into you ever, that, then it's it's coming. Do you ever play uh, Pop Idol the game? No. Oh, I loved that. I loved Pop Idol the game. I've got no interest in that. <laughs> I won it. I won Pop Idol. Well, I think yeah, virtually I... is the only way you'll ever do that. How dare you? We can't all have voices <laughs> of an angel. Yeah, okay. obviously none of us can. <laughs> <laughs> right, moving on. <laughs> yeah. So what's been what's our topic today, Ed, and why? Splitting opinions this week mm-hmm. um, from just a couple of hours ago uh, is the Square Enix Presents, uh, which is basically their equivalent of a Direct or a whatever the PlayStation one is. Um, everyone's doing play. these days. There you go. State of gay. State. State of play. That's what I was going to yeah. That's what our podcast should have been called. State of gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the state of these gays. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's Square Enix Presents or Squenix Presents, um, where they have been talking about some new games coming this year. Um, now, anyone excited about Final F- a, b- a Bite? I don't know what happened there. Mm-hmm. Anyone excited about... Final Fantasy or anything else, this is specifically the sort of Western publishing arm of Square Enix. So there was no big Final Fantasy news, no big JRPGs. It's all the the Western stuff, basically. Oh, so they've surely announced a brand new reboot to the Tomb Raider franchise because that's like it because it's the 25th anniversary of Tomb Raider. So we're getting a brand new Tomb Raider game, right? Um, well, we need to jump into the most important bit of news out of the entire presentation, which is that there is a Tomb Raider cookbook coming. And I'm very excited about that. I want to know I what bet. Lara Croft eats. It'll be like rats and stuff on it, like grilled rats. Because that's... Isn't it like a survival game? Why would you want a cookbook of a kind of a survival... Well, I'm presuming of, it's cookbooks from the around the world, from her travels. And she's learned lots of local recipes that she grilled can Grilled then... tiger from <laughs> Tomb Raider 2. I mean, hopefully there aren't weird ingredients <laughs> that we can't get hold of. Um, yeah. Otherwise, it's just going to be a good old English roast in the Croft Manor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeeves. Did Jeeves write it? Is it Jeeves? Was that was it called? <laughs> it's all frozen dinners. That's what it is. It's frozen dinners from Jeeves. <laughs> was he called Jeeves? <laughs> Let's go with Jeeves. Like, bleh, 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 the butler. The butler, yeah. I'm going to do it because otherwise we'll get people uh, telling us. Butler to made it was called Winston. Winston. But his nickname, Winston Smith, but his nickname was Jeeves. There you go. So there you go. frozen winston a cookbook of frozen winston um no we joke we joke however yes it is the 25th anniversary of tomb raider um and one thing that's quite amusing is that tomb raider originally was published by ados and ados got bought by square enix so square enix are now like oh it's the 25th anniversary but it's like well you didn't own this 25 years ago but Mm. they're still celebrating um at least kind of celebrating they are releasing I say releasing, released, it's available now, uh, is the complete trilogy of the recent Tomb Raider games. So Tomb Raider, Rise of, and whatever the third one was. Uh, Revenge Shadow. Of... <laughs> Shadow, there you go. Shadow yeah. of the Tomb Raider. Um, with all DLC Probably included. The best one. Mm. 
So they're now available in the trilogy. Um, there's the cookbook. There is a new film coming with Alicia Vikander, which is going to be shit. Um, there is an anime series coming to Netflix. And also, she's in Fortnite, if you play that. Yeah. So it's unfortunately, she's already no, in Fortnite. No big new Tomb Raider game, which is kind of annoying. But, but they said, bits. stay tuned for later. So I've got a feeling that maybe we won't get a... I don't know. I, I don't feel like there might be some more Tomb Raider news later on. They said there's going to be another of these presents in the summer. But I don't know if that's going to be a maybe one focused on their Japanese wing or... Potentially, potentially. I mean, I think... I think we're due a new Tomb Raider game anyway. You know, yes, we've got this remastered trilogy, but surely this is, what, the third time that the first one's been remastered now or something? Yeah. Um, I, th- I feel like we're due a new Tomb Raider game. Whether that's a continuation of that or whether they do, like, a soft reboot again, I don't know. But it'll be interesting to know where they go with the series. I want a, I want a one that's kind of linear. Because they try to do a bit more open world, didn't they, with the latest ones? Yeah, tried I just, a little. Well, I think that's the thing that I didn't like so much about the recent ones. I mean, I haven't actually played the third one, the trilogy yet, but they're all mainly in one area. That's like a one open world area, and I sort of miss the like globe trotting Lara Croft on her adventures around the world. But then yeah. I also feel like if they do that now, it's just going to come across as copying Uncharted, which itself that's fine. copied Tomb Raider. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with that. We don't have any Uncharted at the moment, and I don't know if it's going to be back for a while so uh very true very that's fine i'll be fine with that give me a linear tomb raider yeah i'd like that too go back to or like remaster or yeah maybe not remaster but kind of use the areas from the previous ones like venice venice was a a classic level yeah tomb raider too which i cheated to get to but no Mm -hmm. we we jumped into tomb raider but the biggest news is the brand new life is strange game which is called life is strange true colors I see you together. That song is I'm not sure in she'll it. sing that. She, well, yeah, she, she sang she Radiohead's sing. Creep, which is a song I absolutely hate because it's so overused and is immediately like, oh my god, I'm so emo, which is very Life is Strange. But Ed is so emo. Ed is so hipster that he doesn't like Creep. It's too, <laughs> it's too commercial. It's too commercial. It's not commercial. It's just boring. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Anyway, yes, she sings this song in the game. Um, She being Alex, who is a new protagonist. Um, The Life is Strange games are all separate, but there's some crossover. Yeah. Um, And they all have the sort of emo storyline with sort of supernatural elements. And the twist on this one is that Alex can sort of see people's emotions as colours around them. Um, And it's sort of... true colours. The true colours of people. And it's sort of a blessing and a curse, and it will have impacts on gameplay, the way that she empathises with with different people that she meets. Um, And essentially she goes back to, uh, well not back to, but she goes to visit her brother. Um, I think I heard that she basically grew up in the foster care system, Um, but she then visits her brother in a different town, um, who, spoiler alert, dies. Uh, which mm. I'm presuming happens quite early on, and she then has to explore uh, his death, basically, and try and uncover what happened by by using her supernatural abilities. Um, the Life is Strange games are known for being very LGBT-friendly, and they did mention that she can have a relationship with two characters, one's male, one's female, so I'm going to go out mm. and say that she is a bisexual protagonist. Can I just say as well, that sounds excellent. amazing that we're going to be getting uh, playing a Life is Strange game where there is 
a choice. Because <laughs> Life is Strange 1, there was a choice right... You literally just... You couldn't really have a choice other than right at the end. Well, you could have choices throughout the game, but they didn't really impact it so well or so much. Uh, some did, some little things, but yeah, it'll be nice to be able to like go down a romance path with someone. Hopefully. Yeah, that would be nice. Hopefully. I mean, I, I played a little bit of the very first one and that's it. And it didn't massively grab me, the first one. It felt very teenage emo to me, which oh God, is yes. fine, but it's not massively my thing. Um, but this one, I have to say, yes, it's similarities to the rest of the series, as you'd expect. But I do think graphically it looks a lot better, a lot cleaner. It looks a lot more cinematic. Um, it looks like the story has a lot of potential to actually explore some interesting topics. Um, and this supernatural power, in terms of sort of understanding emotions of people, I think has a lot of potential. So I'm actually quite excited about this. I think it could be good. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I you know, looking better than previous Life is Strange games is not difficult. Um, wow. I still think it looks like an indie game. Like everything's just kind of, there's no facial feet, like the features of their faces never look, it just looks like, like very generic. It's called style, Ben. I just, yeah, it, yeah, it is. It's their style. If they started doing kind of realistic Last of Us style kind of facial features and then that, it'd be weird, really weird. You'd be like, okay, use that energy and effort in a decent game. Uh, but it's still got, um, yeah, interesting choices, and it's a style. And um, but apparently they're doing something else with the old ones, aren't they, Ed? They are. They are re-releasing uh, in a remaster collection. Life is Strange One and Before the Storm, but not which two. is coming in fall or autumn, twenty twenty-one. Mm. Um, as is Life is Strange True Colors. It comes out in September. But also, yeah, Life is Strange Before the Storm wasn't done by Don't Nod. That wasn't... It's interesting that they're remastering that, but that wasn't actually done by the same well, people that did Life is Strange. So Life is Strange True Colors, this new one, is being made by Deck Nine Games, who I believe did Before the Storm. Oh, it's going to be shit then. Because I think <laughs> they've be... alternated... I think they've alternated developers. Oh, no. When they said, like, Life is Strange... Oh, oh, oh fucking hell. Okay, it's going to be terrible. Uh, I'm not going to... Bother. How rude. It I'm prepared to give it a go. Honestly, Before the Storm was one of the worst games I've played. It was shit. Um, like the opening, pretty much the opening episode, you have to kind of, you're, you're finally, I think, I remember it's to do with spray paints and tagging things to get into a club that you're underage playing. And uh, like you're, in, you're, too un, you're too young to get into a club, but you're trying to get in because there's a cool song playing or there's a cool band playing that you really want to see. And you go around like the side of this van and you tag it with your spray paint. It's just like the most kind of adults. Hey, you adult. What do you think teenagers act like? Oh, well, they all want to go into like clubs and stuff and drink underage and see their favorite bands and that. And they, they like tagging things with their initial. And yeah, it was just shite. Yep. I just looked it up. They did Before the Storm. So there you go. Enjoy well, that. I am. Um, going to moan about it every time it comes up and be like, well, before the storm was shite. Ben, what took your fancy from the games then, if not Life is Strange? I free... Well, actually, that's a good point. I should really go and have a look at what was... Uh... I made some notes. You can go you did what... through them. Oh, are, they, are the notes in the, uh, in the, in the yeah, thing that we normally look at? The that we use every week. That you know oh, that one. Oh, you did make some notes. I so. Some notes. Wow, you bloody did. We've, uh, we've only got another 20 minutes as well. Um... <laughs> 
Okay, I had a look and I actually got really interested. As I said, I downloaded the Outriders demo, but the actual Outriders trailer looked really interesting. I feel um, like the trailer looked really exciting and made it look better than the game actually is. From from what got, I've heard of people who have played the demo. I will... I'm going to play the demo and use that to determine whether I play it or not. Um, it's got cross-play. It's a lot of PvP, but it's also cross-play, which really excites me. And everyone... Yeah, you said, oh, it's Destiny. It's third-person Destiny. And I was like, well, third-person Destiny actually sounds quite good. Um, if it's as deep and they learn from Destiny... But it will be interesting to see because it's also on Game Pass, but only on Xbox Game Pass. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, mm. I don't know, like. I feel like the trailer looked exciting. There's all these like flying beasts and this alien world and all this kind of stuff. Mm. But then, from what I've seen of the demo, it just looks sort of drab and brown and muddy, and it's just fairly generic third-person shooting with different classes and just very much stuff we've seen before. So watching it in this video made it look really exciting, but I think in actuality the game looks a bit unoriginal, I think. Yeah. We will... Um, well, I'll play a little bit and see. Let us I'll, know I'll, next week, Ben. Yeah, I mean, I'll have a look at it and see, but I'll also base... I think I'm going to base reviews on whether I play it, whether I like buy it or not. I don't know if I... I playing that demo, unless it really grabs me, and I read... then. It grows me so much that I end up reading loads about it and then go, okay, actually, this is going to be great. I will play it on release. Uh, chances are I'll just wait for the reviews. Yeah. Sounds about right. Um, but yeah, we have the Tomb Raider stuff, the complete, yeah, the trilogy and the DLC and all that's coming out. I kind of l liked the look at some of these weird, like, bubble shooter and, and stuff. Oh, that was it. I remember. Hitman is coming to mobile, and that's going to be my next mobile game that I'm going to play. Hitman Sniper Assassins. Mm. It's interesting as well because they also announced another mobile game. They announced Just Cause on mobile and it looked like it ran better than every Just Cause game that they've released so far. <laughs> yeah, there was a load of little mobile games in the middle. Um, they're mm. also releasing a Space Invaders augmented reality mobile game, which sounds quite interesting. I'm guessing mm. it's just playing Space Invaders, but you can sort of make them appear all around you in your world, which could be yeah. kind of cool. For about 30 seconds, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's a free-to-play mobile game, we'll give it a go. Exactly. Um, okay, what, a, what did you think of Marvel's Avengers? I have zero interest in playing Marvel's Avengers. Mm. I have zero interest in Marvel in general. Yeah. One division was awful. Um, <laughs> and I've heard nothing but bad things about this Avengers game. Now, mm. what they've said is that they are, or they've got a roadmap for 2021 so it's clearly a game that they're going to keep supporting yeah. with lots of new content which is nice that they believe in the game um i don't think it looks great i mm. to be honest i'm basing this on the demo that i played at egx a couple of years ago which i was pissed off because i queued for about three hours to play a 20 minute demo that was mostly on rails and really boring um and the game just looks very similar to that. Now, they're bringing lots of new things. It's coming to next-gen consoles. It's 60 faps per second. Uh, it's got improved destruction, whatever that yeah, means. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> um, and there's now um, a Hawkeye episode, which means you can play as a really tall, blonde, basic-looking superhero, if that's your thing. Um, the only exciting thing about it is that the next expansion after that, it looks like, is going to be based on Black Panther. 
And I think we're about due to have a Black Panther video game um, that is going to bring Wakanda realness, representation, and I am very much here for that. I think Black Panther is the best Marvel film. So I'm very excited about the potential of a Black Panther game. But within this Marvel's Avengers game that isn't very yeah. good, so I hear, I'm less excited. Yeah, I also looked right now on PlayStation Store, it's £60. Whereas I think it's, it's been... Full of loot boxes and all that crap yeah. as well. It's been a half price in the past. So wait for it to go half price. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. It's... Um, what's... Yeah, Marvel's Avengers on what's the Metacritic of it? It's, I feel like probably it's probably like three out of ten. It is a sixty-eight percent, oh. which is pretty bad actually. For a yeah, yeah, it's low average for a Square Enix game. You expect more. Yeah, it's never had a, it's not had a negative score apparently, but it's just had like many, many, many uh, meh. mixed. Yeah, it's a very meh game. Uh, it's three point one user score. Great. Yeah, a strong recommendation then. A good seven from Gamespot. Nice. I tell you what did uh, pique my interest, um, oh. and that is Forspoken, which is formerly known as Project Athia, mm -hmm. um, which was announced at the PlayStation event last year um, and looked really cool. Um, and yeah, it now has a name called Forspoken, and there's an actress whose name I did not write down. So I'm very sorry, I've forgotten her name, but I believe she was in Charlie's Angels, the reboot from a couple of years ago, if anyone watched that. Um, but she plays this lead character. It's about a young woman in a beautiful yet threatening world um, with lots of dragons in it. But it does look stunning um, with some very great uh, motion capture. I think yeah. it has potential to be quite cool. So and dashing around. Running and jumping. Yeah. And it's only on PS5 and PC, which makes me think that they're... That it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be just a game that they're making for PS4 that then is now upscale for PS5. They're going to go all in because it did look stunning. And I was like, that really does look stunning. And it seems that it's going to be a, a current, sorry, a new gen title. Yeah. I mean, they, they had the actress introducing it and then they showed a, a short clip of the, of the game. Um, mm. And you could see the motion capture and the facial capture was like spot on. Mm. Um, so I think you can see the power of what they're, of what they're doing here. So... I think that's got some potential to be quite interesting. And the next presents is in the summer. It is. So not too long to wait. As you said, hopefully that will be more of the Japanese stuff. And mm -hmm. I would love it if they had some stuff on Final Fantasy 16 or 14. Um, yes. But I also feel like 14 tends crossover. to have its own announcements. Yeah, they have their own little con. Although not this time. Yeah. What do you wonder what the next like Final Fantasy 14 crossover is going to be? Tomb Raider. Oh my god, just imagine. You can get the Lara Croft outfit in Tomb Raider in Final Fantasy XIV. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. That Yeah, that does actually sound quite likely. <laughs> or like, yeah, they would do that. I'm like, yeah, that, that would make sense. Yeah. There's some interesting crossovers with like Monster Hunter World and Final Fantasy 15 and uh, 11, stuff like that. Yep. Shall we have a look at the dick sword and see what people Lux, can talk yeah, about? Yeah, so we've been... Uh, what was our question that we asked? We asked people what their... Favorite memories of Square Enix games were, you know, Square Enix. It's been around a while. Squaresoft and Enix and <laughs> and now they're Square, Square Enix. Square Enix. Yeah. <laughs> was it was Enix a game? <laughs> so 
Okay, so there was originally Squaresoft and there was Enix, and they were both. Oh, Japanese. it was Enix. It was Enix. Uh, both Japanese developers from back in the eighties. Um, Enix, I believe, was earlier, and Enix um, are the creators of the Dragon Quest series that basically defined JRPGs. Um, Square slightly copied them with Final Fantasy, um, and they're the two series that they've become known for. Um, and then Squaresoft bought Enix in the late. No, early noughties, I think. I can't remember the dates. Um, and they became Square Enix and then grew into a bigger publisher rather than just a developer. Hence why they now own all these other Western developers that we found mm. out about today. There you go. That's your history lesson. There's actually a really good YouTube video about the history of Square uh, Enix, which... Oh, clearly clearly it sunk in then, Benny. About, I was about to say, I literally <laughs> watched it about two weeks ago and was enthralled by it and can't remember any of the facts. In I just remember the, looking at... Uh, out yeah, other. it was uh, it was more focused on Final Fantasy games, but yeah, it, I went in one ear out the other. <laughs> but so, it was great um, while it lasted. Yeah, it really was. What's what are they saying in the Dixard then? So, um, Ollie Ray is talking about Life is Strange one and two, which actually a lot of people have been talking about. So not alone there. Um, there are so many games, but this one shocked me the most, as I thought I'd hate it. I thought mm. I would as well. I picked it up on Steam in a sale and heard a bit about it, so I thought I'd check it out. I adored the art style, unlike Ben, um, and how the game played. I was intrigued by every character I encountered, and the twists and turns throughout the game really surprised me and kept the game exciting. The game really cleverly brings out nearly every emotion in you. I laughed, I cried, I got angry, and I got really, really sad. Yeah, Life is Strange 2, it's really strange. It's strange life. Just like life, it is strange. I played um, the second one. I just played the first episode um and i didn't i played like half of the second episode and then a dog died oh <laughs> and i was like in games yeah and it was whenever oops, sorry the uh we've we were watching the drag race final later uh well after this podcast recording and uh, i ordered food and that's why there's little yappy thing in the background speaking of dogs <laughs> yeah yeah speaking of dogs that are soon to die <laughs> oh, I'm ben. joking. I'm joking. <laughs> how oh. dare you? On behalf just, of Atty, how yeah. dare you? <laughs> it just felt like then, like they were like, oh, here's a cute dog. Here's a really, yeah, spoiler alert as well. Um, really cute dog, very sweet. Isn't it adorable? Pfft, dead. I was like, oh, you know what? I don't care. Um, so Shocking. I stopped. Yeah. Um, the other game that's come up a lot in the Dick Sword is Kingdom Hearts and Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, firstly from Porsche, waited long enough time for it to come out, uh, but they took their time in the game and did a fantastic job with adding such great detail to the worlds and storyline and the growth of the series for the fans. This is Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, it was such a joy to play through and still is a jump to the series at least once or twice a year and replay. Uh, Gary also has said Kingdom Hearts. The original was one of my favourite games on the PS2. I spent so many hours running around all the various worlds, and it must have been one of the first games I played with a turn-based combat style. I love the familiarity of the recognisable Disney characters, um, and I hadn't seen The Nightmare Before Christmas before playing it. Wow. What? Um, I would really like a remastered um, Kingdom Hearts. Because I feel like I do want to get You know that exists, right? Like a good remaster? Well, they released like a collection of of the main games anyway. Yeah, I actually bought it. (laughs) <laughs> and played good and didn't play. Uh, well, it. no, I think I bought a, a 
full it was like kingdom hatch 3 and it included all the other stuff but i think if i yeah i paid like 100 pounds for it or something whatever and it included kingdom hatch 3 plus all the previous stuff but you could you could play the previous stuff when you bought it and then you could play kingdom hearts 3 when kingdom hearts 3 came out interesting and um yeah i i liked i loved it but i had no idea what this overarching story is just gets really confusing yeah like i i played the first one in ps2 i really enjoyed it i never quite finished it but i liked i found it really clunky but i enjoyed the sort of disney final fantasy crossover um, the second one I played in the remaster and I, again, didn't finish it and I really got bored with it. I just found yeah. it really slow. The combat's button mashy. The overarching story makes zero sense and I just have zero interest in playing any of the others. But I know that there's a lot of love for Kingdom Hearts, so I'm not going to slate it too much here. I played, yeah, a fair bit of Kingdom Hearts 3, which I, I liked because I like going to the certain worlds and then you have a little task to do. Oh, we need to save this person, whatever, whatever. And then you kind of complete it and then you move on to another world. And I, I like that, but then there's this overarching story, which I have no idea. But yeah, I remember being in the Toy Story world, and that was really fun. Although that, do, 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 like the um, Toy Story music was just oh, was that repeating. How dare you? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> is that better? Does that sound? Much, much better. Much much better. better. Okay. Um, an interesting one from Ravi Lavi, who has said The Bouncer for PS2, which is a game that I remember seeing the box of um, and thinking, that looks really cool. And I immediately recognized it as, as a Square Enix game, but never actually played it. Um, Ravi says, it was my first PS2 game and essentially Squeenix testing out the PS2. It was also the first game I ever completed, so that's why it holds fond memories. I believe that was my gateway into the Final Fantasy series, uh, but I can't remember as that was 20 years ago. Wow. The art was gorgeous, the story was insane, and it took a little over an hour to beat one of the three stories. So it's quite short, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you're a bouncer. You're not coming in, your name's not on the list. You're not coming in. I'm not sure it's quite that, but okay. Looking at it, see? Oh, there's a there's kicking and stuff. <laughs> um, and speaking of Final Fantasy, Vainslay mentions Final Fantasy thirteen two as his favourite Square Enix game, which I think is probably a little bit controversial, <laughs> um, which I, I haven't played the sequel to. I really enjoyed thirteen though. A lot of people didn't, and I, I really liked it. Um, it has you travelling through time, uh, trying to reach Lightning, the main protagonist from the first game, as her sister. Even though uh, it's my favourite game, my favourite memory comes from its sequel, Lightning Returns, which I also haven't played. Um, and then he mentions a spoiler that I'm not going to repeat <laughs> here, but thank you, Vainsley. Um <laughs> They all died. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, interesting choice there. Hmm. Yuffie's also the original Kingdom Hearts. The music, visuals, and mixing of Disney and Final Fantasy characters really grabbed me. That's one thing that I actually wasn't a massive fan of, that they got rid of a load of Final Fantasy characters later on in the game. Um, I remember playing the game for hours with friends. We'd gather all around the TV together, take turns with the controller. Sounds like an odd way to play, but it was fun. Filled with a lot of laughter. Yeah, switching the controllers. I remember playing that with, uh, like with my friend across the road. We'd play a game, and yeah, when we died, we'd just switch controller. See, I refuse to do that because I am the worst backseat gamer and there's not a chance in hell I'm going to let someone else go through something that I know I can do myself. <laughs> exactly. God, you should should have seen Ed in chat when I was trying to play Final Fantasy VII Remake on stream. Excuse me. What are you doing? Very you... helpful. Are you sure you want to put that materia there? <laughs> well, if I'm going to give hints, I'll try and be subtle and not just be like, do this. I'll be like, are you sure? Maybe you should consider this. I'm getting banned. Uh, as mentioned, the storyline is confusing as hell. But my friends and I would just spend time talking about it, especially as some play the games not on PlayStation. A friend gave me a storyline to read so I could keep up. 
That was interesting. Yeah, like having really complicated complicated games and like having your friends playing it and talking it talking about it. Yeah. Um, a bit more Final Fantasy love as well, just to finish off. Uh, Mr. The Exception says Final Fantasy VII was a turning point, uh, but watching his brothers play, so very similar watching. And then Annie has been talking about Final Fantasy XV, which is another very interesting choice, um, which I don't think is Annie's favourite in the series necessarily, um, but strong memories of the the final uh, the final time you camp with your party. Mm. Um, which is uh, which is great because the game is very much about the relationship of the party. It's very much the game's strength. And there are some Actually, very good really. moments in that game despite it being overall a bit mediocre. I liked Final Fantasy XV because I, Final Fantasy XV was a story that played the game like I play a game. Like at the very beginning, you could go and explore everywhere and do loads of side quests and really get in deep with all the uh with all the world and then about halfway it kind of just rushes you to the end which is what i'm how i play games i play a game at the beginning do all the side quests and then after a bit i'm going oh i'm bored and just go and like plow through to the end yeah that's that's what pissed me off about it to be honest oh. i mean <laughs> i do i do I have to game. give thanks to final fantasy 15 because that is the first game that i ever wrote about professionally and got paid oh. to write about i wrote a piece called in defense of chapter 13 in Final Fantasy XV, um, mm. which was for Kotaki UK and was my first ever paid wow. piece of writing. Um, and also, it's a complete lie, um, because I wrote a defense of Chapter 13, which is the horror one with all the zombies, and it suddenly goes linear. And actually, I think it's terrible. But I decided to be controversial and write a mm. defense of it, which I don't really believe. But hey, it got and me it a paid shut... piece of writing, so I'll take yeah. that. And it shut the site down as well. <laughs> I think it might still be up. I haven't checked. No, Kotaki UK is gone. Is it completely gone? I did say. Oh, maybe it, it's not so been I've deleted. Yeah, I, I actually really liked. It. And it, like, I remember finishing it, and people going like, "Oh, isn't Chapter Thirteen terrible? Isn't Chapter Thirteen terrible?" And I was just like, "I don't, don't remember Thirteen. They were all fine for me." But well, I, I didn't some, really. I play. A, I gave some story reasons of like, "Oh, it's you proving that you have to be a king and you have to go through this hardship to like find yourself." But in terms mm. of gameplay, it was awful. I hated it. What were the comments like? Um. I don't read comments on my articles. <laughs> oh, yeah, you'd <laughs> never want to write awful. again. It's yeah. a pink news. It's full of trolls. Well, yeah. on socials. Andy, by the way, just before that, she said um, Nier Automata. Um, and that is a game that I'm going to be playing in a few weeks. Subtle so, plug. Mm, I'll be playing it. Twitch.tv slash Biggest Venice. Is that where we can find you, Ben? It is at Twitch.tv slash Biggest Venice. Just very quickly as well, we've got one final one. Pete Random who said, my most striking memory is the first time I encountered Final Fantasy. I was going to a friend's house around aged 11 or 12, and it was Final Fantasy X. He was playing it with it projected on a wall in the middle of a boss battle. Never Very encountered nice. JRPGs before. Couldn't comprehend how he knew what, we were, what he was doing, and just that sense of scale and epicness, and the cinematic nature of it was wild. Um, I had a very similar experience, but with Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, showing your seeing, age. Seeing the... Uh, you know, um, seeing the uh, the opening FMV of that, but in like game stores mm. uh, on TV, it's the one with Renova and the flowers and Squall and mm. Sofa uh, fighting, and yeah, that really stuck with me. That's what I yeah. My first introduction to Final Fantasy was uh, Final Fantasy VIII, and yeah, blew me away. But then the one that really got me was ten. Um, but, but yeah, I remember that's the one thing that kind of annoyed me. Like looking back, is that. When I started gaming, I got my PlayStation, Final Fantasy VIII had just come out or was just about to come out or something and I played that and got that. 
And I remember being like, How, why would I play Final Fantasy VII when eight's out? Um, oh, even though seven had this 10 out of 10 and stuff, I was like, oh no, I'm going to play the, the recent one because that's also got 10 out of 10. I'm going to play the new one. I have no interest in playing an old game. And I've kind of always had that in my head a bit, like never playing old games. I mean, despite playing Nier Automata soon. Eight is brilliant, and I will not hear a bad word said about it, but seven is the best. Yeah. And on that bombshell, I think we should mm -hmm. end. Yeah. <laughs> Very quickly, what's your favorite Square Enix game? Uh, Final Fantasy Seven. Because oh. I'm obvious and basic and predictable. Hitman 1 for me. Ooh. To be controversial. No, it's, it's, it'll be a Final Fantasy game. But if you take Final Fantasy out of the equation, it's Hitman. The first one from 2016. Well, the first of the reboots. I played that game so freaking much. Interesting. Mm. And on that, yeah, bloody bombshell. Uh, Ed, where can we find you? You can find me on social media at Ed underscore Knights with an N. Ned. And I am uh, <laughs> twitch.tv slash biggest Benes. And thank you to everybody that made it this far. If you did make it this far, that means you listen to us podcast style without having to look at our face. I, I feel like that's the best way. Yeah, it's uh, probably more of a pleasure. Well, I hope you enjoyed pleasuring yourself listening to this podcast. <laughs> Good. And on we that will... note... <laughs> <laughs> we will see you, see you this you time. <laughs> Not just listening. We will see you next week for our <gasps> next episode. And it's going to be, be day... Day one, two, three, four, six. Yeah. Day six of 100 days of stream. Ugh, great. Yeah. Get ready to tune in and suffer. <laughs> for a hundred days in a row <laughs> or pleasure yourself anyway so not. See, you see you there next week be, be there. there or be, be split, split. <laughs>